One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, I am Andy Zaltzman. Welcome to Top Stories, the show in which we at the Bugle Podcast tell you what was happening on the Bugle Podcast at a previous point in history. Today, we're going to issue 4092, entitled Very Bad Start to the Year. It was New Year at the start of the year, 2019, the moment when we all get to start over to be our best selves. And... In January 2019, the company Seaborn Freight made a resolution to reinvent itself as a ferry company, but with no ships. I was joined by Alice Fraser. Top story this week, 2019 so far. Well, as a year, Alice, 2019 has a lot to live up to or down to, following as it does years such as 2018, mm. 2016, 2017, 1390, 73 BC, <laughs> 1600, and so many others that have gone before it. And so far it is shaping up to be another memorable 12 months for this planet and its many fans. It's now, as we record, just 84 days until Brexit releases Britain from the suffocating yoke of peace, prosperity and progress with which the EU has shackled my people for too long. The 2020 US unpresidential election campaign will crank up, and I mean crank up, whilst the 2024 and 2028 campaigns will also begin in earnest over the next 12 months. Uh, and we could hear some early pre-rumblings from the 2032 campaign, which on current predictions will see Vladimir Putin running Miley Cyrus very close indeed. Now... I should point out at this point, previously on this show we did make jokes about how funny it would be if Donald Trump ran for office. Apologies if the Putin-Cyrus race does now happen, but we are still working on how to control the history-shaping power of this podcast. It's, it's not easy. 2019 could also be the year in which the environment finally comes to its senses and realises that it's constant threats that it makes about our future are winning it no friends whatsoever. But already <laughs> we have seen some spectacular action here in Britain, Alice, in the world of ferries. Yes, indeed. This has been a very exciting thing. Uh, the Department for Transport is getting stick 
out mainly online for having hired a company to replace the current EU-based ferry services out of Dover when Brexit happens. I mean, it sounds unfair to be mean to the government for hiring a ferry service to provide ferries until you look at the fact that the ferry service they have hired to provide ferries has no ferries to provide. <laughs> it has not previously run a ferry service and has no crossings in place. That is like saying, do you take this woman? And you go, yes. And then the priest goes, psych, there is no woman. This isn't a church. I'm just a bus driver. And by bus driver, I mean I've never driven a bus, but you got to have dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's understandable how it happened. All the people involved in the deal know each other. Someone was like, oh, I need a ferry company. And their friend was like, yeah, I could run a ferry company. And they go, oh, my God. And they're like, sure, <laughs> let me cobble together a website. <laughs> that is literally what happened because the terms and conditions on the ferry company website are clearly the terms and conditions that have been cut and pasted from a takeaway food joint website. <laughs> That is like showing up at your wedding and being all like, thank God that bus driver's gone away and having the priest go, do you take your hands and put them on your head? You have the right to remain silent. Anything you do or say is admissible in a court of law. Oh, well, I guess you've got to give the government some credit, in a way, for appointing a ferry company with, with no ferries. Because what they've essentially done is appoint a metaphor for Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> to deal with an aspect of Brexit. It's just, I mean, they do sound similar, actually, Andy, but it is fairies that come into being if you just believe and clap your hands. Fairies you really? need to build. Year of little faith. The government I mean, is you know, just... Alice, I'm going to pick you up on this because, I mean, it is all a matter of belief, Brexit, <laughs> isn't it? You have to believe in Britain. You have to believe in Brexit, and if needs be, you have to believe that you're a ferry company, even you, <laughs> if you patently are not. <laughs> Keep the faith. It's like the film Field of Dreams. No, if you make If you make them a ferry company, they will find some ferries around the back of the filing cabinet. Being a ferry company, Alice, is 98% psychological. There are loads of organisations with ferries that are not ferry companies, so why can a ferry company not be a ferry company even if it lacks ferry? Don't be so hidebound by tradition and dogma. A ferry company company can be what it thinks it is uh, ferries are, and we want warships anyway it's britain it's brexit warships not ferries ferries are square i mean this is such a perfect story to begin 2019 because it's one of the many nuanced operational realities implicit in peeling the basically healed on sticking plaster of europe <laughs> from what is increasingly obviously the extremely thin skin of britain and it's just the government is like 120,000 steps out beyond the edge of uncharted cliffs, desperately trying to build a logistical bridge under their frantically peddling promise feet, like Wiley e. Coyote in the moments before he accepts gravity. And he has just looked down and then straight to the camera. <laughs> The uh, terms and conditions are quite spectacular. <laughs> it included uh, Seaborne Freight, brackets UK Limited, um, saying that it is the responsibility of the customer to thoroughly check the supplied goods before agreeing to pay for any <laughs> meal stroke order. <laughs> and uh, it is the responsibility of the customer to ensure delivery address details are correct and detailed enough for the delivery driver to locate <laughs> locate the address in adequate time. I mean, I guess if you're delivering a ferry, yeah. you, do, you do have to know where it's going. And I mean, does this mean you can insist the that the ferry delivers you directly to your house? <laughs> well, I think that's Brexit, isn't it? It can be what we want it to be. And also, when you suddenly become a ferry company unexpectedly, you're going to be busy, and you don't have thing time for things like writing your own legal terms and conditions. <laughs> so why not just borrow them off, off someone else? And also, many is the time when I've been halfway through a chicken burger <laughs> from a late-night fast food, <laughs> and I've suddenly caught sight of the terms and conditions on their wall, <laughs> warning me that the bat my chicken burger is in should not be loaded with more than 120,000 <laughs> tonnes of freight. I mean, the government asked in or out, but they did not ask if out how do ferries work. 
Because <laughs> that's not how referendums work, nor is it how referendums should work, and maybe that's why there shouldn't have been a referendum <laughs> in the first place. But there's no point in crying over spilled transport logistics. No, testify. And also, rancid uselessness has become very much the hallmark of our preparations for Brexit, from the prancing prickishness of the parliamentary proceedings to the nebulous nincompoopery of the negotiations. At this, Millie, fits into that narrative rather snugly. How late did you stay up last night? <laughs> um, the Labour MP, Tony, Mr Tony Anton, Antoniazzi... Mr. Labour MP Tonia Antinazzi. Antinazzi? Antinazzi. I don't know. Antoni. There was a Labour MP who said, (laughs) we know our ports aren't ready for a no-deal disaster, but is hiring a firm that's never dealt with this kind of thing before really going to help? This idea should have been sunk before it saw the light of day, to which the ferry service said, funny you should say that. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Well, as Brexit rule, Brexit Britannia is becoming more and more imminent by the day. Um, the, the further portents have not been good. This was from just before Christmas. Uh, Gatwick Airport, the renowned airport mm. and uh, transport hub for hundreds of thousands of travellers every day, was brought to a flight-free standstill by any guesses. Was it a Soviet air blockade? Was it a giant flock of pterodactyls? Was it a nearby volcano? No, it was a small drone a small, remote-controlled, identified flying object, and the combined minds, might and majesty of the British security forces and military, and even Monarch, were unable to stop this thing from buzzing around and preventing aeroplanes from taking off or landing. So essentially, a significant part of British infrastructure was brought to its knees by a dweeb with a remote control, which does not bode entirely (laughs) well for our efforts to plough a glorious British furrow through the choppy waters of the modern world. Reminiscent, of course, of when King Henry VI's cavalry charge at the Battle of Bleu-en-Vaux-Fleur in France in 1445 was stopped by the presence of a single rat, which made all the uh, knights scared of getting plague and they refused to fight. My favourite part about the whole story was when they arrested a completely innocent middle-aged couple and held them for 36 hours under terrorist laws with no recourse to lawyers or family. Yeah, well, that's... On Christmas. <laughs> that's what Brexit's all about. Isn't I mean, in America, they have presidential pardons. Here, we just you know, let the Queen randomly arrest some people for allegedly <laughs> flying a drone. I think they had once had a drone or something like that. <laughs> no smoke without fire. So, the, yeah, the... Uh, the, the the, the combined forces of Britain could not find uh, the people wielding the drone. They couldn't shoot the drone down. They couldn't even hack the drone. Which, given how easy, for example, Russia seems to have found it to hack our entire democracy and national soul, is also worrying. They couldn't work out how to trap it in a net, despite the use of an ancient Roman gladiatorial retiarius flung out of a catapult. They couldn't hoodwink the drone down into mating it, mating with a roosting puffin, or magic it down using the royal magician laureate, the incredible Alamazam, using the same spell with which his uh, predecessor, the great Quasocchio, helped uh, get rid of the Hindenburgs in World War I for George V. <laughs> Nothing worked. Nothing worked. One drone and the country just didn't... Team GB! Team GB! Andy, I know you were using satire then, but in this instance they actually did have a falcon on standby that they were apparently reluctant to use because they didn't want to kill the falcon. <laughs> Well, maybe the falcon would have tried to escape on a drone. (laughs) Can a a falcon hijack a drone? These are the questions that the 21st century is throwing up that humanity's never had to confront before. Who would have thought? 
Uh, the reaction, of course, was an almost flamboyant level of administrative incompetence <laughs> and obfuscation <laughs> as Gatwick Airport sunk into a rightly knocked morass of delayed passengers, seeing their Christmases dissolve before their eyes. Uh, it was uh, not Britain at its uh, Brexiteerious finest. Thank you for listening. Nothing to plug today at the end of this episode except the entire history of planet Earth. Not flawless, but long. Very much like the Bugle podcast itself. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. <laughs>